The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our family of growing broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email at com On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com and our website, com. Exxon Nation, my first guest tonight is Richard is Rich Korb. Uh, he is an author and educator with 34 years of experience working with youth in traditional and alternative schools, residential facilities, and juvenile detention centers. Rich is known as the Behavior Answer Man. He shares his struggles through his consulting agency, Pioneer Education Consulting. Rich operates by the motto, Creativity is Necessary for Success. He says there is no youngster he can't reach and no situation he won't take on. This belief system has led to his success with youth and is the foundation for his six-step approach to youth engagement outlined in his new book entitled Motivating Defiant and Disruptive Students to Learn. Joining me now from the state of Washington is Rich Corbin. Rich, welcome to the X-Zone. Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, Rich, how did you get started uh, as an educator? I began as a youngster. I was in first grade. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, that's where the journey began. Uh, we were doing the show-and-tell thing. I taught a class, and I thought, this is where I'm headed. So I pursued that goal the rest of my life, and here I am. You must have seen many changes over the years. I know as a parent and as a grandparent, the changes are ongoing within the educational system. Uh, when I was a kid, there was a lot of respect that was given in the classroom, and it seems that over the years, respect has, well, it's just not there anymore. Well, you know, uh, that's really true, and the problem we have is we're we're losing the connection between the parent, the adult's mm. world, and the child's world, and a lot of it, parents are looking to uh, get their children to grow up a little bit too quickly. Um, we heard about the latchkey kids back in the 80s and the 70s, and a lot of kids now aren't latchkey kids. They're just computer locked in, and they're picking up all their information off of computers and so forth. So we're seeing a lot of real change in the responsibility between adults, 
surrogate parents as well as parents. Um, I'm thinking about coaches. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about you know those folks that are involved. Um, you know uh, your your home care people, uh, daycare people, those kinds of folks. These are all influencing our children. And as I'm speaking as a global community, so as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about all those that are listening out there. They're saying, "Hey, what do we do about this re- this respect problem?" Yeah. And when I when I first wrote the book. You know, I wrote you know, more of any defiant and the students to learn. I had to ask myself the question after I was done writing the book, wait a minute, you've got the solutions going here, but what about the problem? Where does it really root itself? And I really believe that it roots itself in the adult world, and we need to start uh, stepping up as adults and do something about that, or it's, it's not going to change. All right, stand by, Rich. You and I have to take a commercial break. Exonation, my guest this hour is Rich Korb. We're talking about motivating defiant and disruptive students to learn. A great topic for today as we get ready to go back into the new school year 2012 2013. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Rich Korb is my guest, and Rich and I will be back on the other side of this two minute commercial break as we continue worldwide. If you'd like to send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com is the email address. And uh, see you back here in two minutes. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Rich Korb is our special guest. His website is www.pioneereducationconsulting.com. That's www.pioneereducationconsulting.com. Dot com. Rich, let me ask you this. What is causing youngsters to act out in defiant and destructive ways these days? I think a large part of the problem is looking at the adult influence mm-hmm. in young people's lives. And we talked about that in the last segment for a few seconds there. But the thing that I'm seeing is a lot of parents are sending their kids back to school and they're expecting uh, the schools to manage their kids and fix their student. And I know that there are a lot of parents listening right now who have youngsters going to kindergarten for the first time. They're going back into elementary schools. And you're hearing a lot of about, you know, teacher abuse in the classroom. And when I'm hearing about teacher abuse in the classroom, I'm hearing about just harassment. It doesn't have to be a sexual context or or touching or anything like that. It could be just, you know, sarcasm and harassment. And when children see that behavior, in the book we have a section called the Child Development uh, chart, and in there it breaks down 
the development of the young people and, and how they grow and develop. And so if we're not cognizant of what the, that chart looks like and the different levels of development, we're going to run into some serious problems with managing those kids, and they're going to start to respond to adults the way that the adults are responding to them. And remember now <laughs> – Children and adults are in two different realms, mm-hmm. and so this is, this is a problem. And so what's causing that problem is, is that very mismatch in understanding you know, where these children are coming from and how they grow and develop. Sigmund Freud, you know, when he came out with the blank slate theory, he was talking about the fact that we as adults are imprinting upon children ideas and ideologies that they are going to somehow figure out. Well, if they're too, their minds are so little, they can't pick up everything an adult is throwing at them. The adult needs to think in the child's realm and, and, and present things to a child so that the child can understand it and then take it to the next level as they grow through pre-adolescence and adolescence and so forth. Then they become an adult that understands how they're supposed to go. But when we start getting the cart before the horse, so mm-hmm. to speak, that becomes a serious, serious problem. And so the steps that we need to be watching for, especially with the abuse in the classroom, the piece that I'm concerned about is that Parents, when you're, you're sending your children back to school and you see these kinds of things occurring, you might start to ask the question, what's really taking place in that classroom? One, are the teachers covering the windows up? And some teachers will do that. They'll say it's because they don't want the children distracted by people in the hallway. Mm-hmm. They're used to being around people. They're not going to be distracted by people in the hallway. What they're usually trying to do, and this has been my experience, I've been in eight different schools, and six of those eight schools We've had sexual uh, offenders that have been uh, either asked to resign or they've been uh, expelled from the, program, from the schools, um, or some have gone to jail. So I think that's a high number. Wow. Eight schools, you've got six of, you know, and there's been multiple people in those schools that, that sometimes have been the problem. So when you see youngsters idolizing these people, which are usually coaches, music teachers, PE people, and it's across the spectrum. You, don't, you can't just say it's one group of people. That's a problem. And so what we need to do is make sure that parents, if you see um, uh, teachers that are high-profile people that like to take kids along and and work with them one-on-one, asking them to stay behind, to do some extra work, things like that, the antenna needs to go up today. It needs to go up, and you need to be asking why are they wanting my child alone? Why are they closing off the windows so people can't look inside? Oftentimes, these people are very aggressive when they're questioned about their instructional style and how they're doing certain things. So we need to be really aware of those kinds of issues, but, and so there you are. All right, but when when I look back through the uh, Wayback Machine that I have here on my desk and I see my own schooling going back to elementary school and St. Stephen's School and then high school at Moyne Deberville High in Long Gale, and even to my college days uh, – None of the stuff that is going on today was happening back then. For example, we had to wear school uniforms. We had to call our teacher by his proper name, Mr., Miss, or Mrs. The school principal was respected. The uh, you know schoolyard bullying was next to none. The violence that we're seeing in schools today did not exist. How can we put all this blame onto the teachers? Shouldn't the blame be looked at the family unit because mom and dad these days are too damn busy paying their bills that little Johnny and little Sally have to rely on electronic babysitters 
and the family unit and the family values that were so important in yesteryear have gone out the window. Well, that's right. And the thing that we need to do is understand that we live in a in a society today where everybody needs to be responsible. If you, you know, when we were kids, mm-hmm. our parents knew what was going on before we even got home. We were sure. probably going to have more problems at home than we did at school and vice versa. You could get to school and, and, and you would get some tender loving care perhaps because they knew that your grandparent had passed away or your favorite dog had died, something like that. So there was this communication mm-hmm. going back and forth. We have no excuse today. We have the internet we have cell phones we have email we can communicate with parents and we're not taking that responsibility so well, what's what's when, wrong when, with picking up the phone and and talking to mrs yeah. jones you know why do we depend so much on the electronic media if i had my way no school in canada or the united states would have access to the internet during school hours yeah well, you know, that's a good point to go ahead and, and call people. We do know that it's tough sometimes with people working schedules and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had parents tell me, please, you know, send me an email. I mean, as soon as you see the problem surface, send me an email. And I do. I'll call the kid up to the computer. I'll say, hey, this is what I saw happening. You know your parent wants me to send him a note of what's going on in the classroom. As soon as it's happening, I need you to send it. Now, there's a thing that we know, you know, confession uh, is the first stage in healing a relationship. And that kid's got to confess. They've got to make a, a t- take ownership to that problem. And I tell them, hey, is that what happened or not? And then we go over together. If we have to change it, fine. And I said, then you send it. And they look at you like, you want me to send this information to my parent? Yes, because you're the one that did it. You own this. You have to take responsibility. So when we're doing things like that, yeah, phone calls great. I used to do conference calls, and that worked out pretty good. Sometimes you'd hear some things from the parent going towards the kid that that kid was embarrassed about because you know parents are using some language and things like that. But um, but again, there's that that piece of getting that connectedness going back to the home. Um, you know, in our classrooms. You know, we need to put up on the wall, which I have in my room, this is the schoolhouse, not your house. Leave your personal concerns in the hallway. So they know that when they're coming into the room, first of all, it's Mr. Korb. This is what we're learning in here today. This is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. If I hear about, you know, your date last night, I hear about the fight that happened out in the street, that's not going to happen in here. Save that for another place, another time. And we just need to retrain young people, and we've dropped the ball. And, you know, the, the, the numbers I gave you are, are very true. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's huge, the amount of people that are they're abusing kids. We're seeing 14 out of 100 kids are going to get abused in the classroom sometime this year. 17 million, according to the PPSS report from the Department of Education that they, wrote, they put out in 2004. That's huge. I mean, you got a big – that's 7 million kids are going to be abused by a teacher in the classroom somewhere this year why is it why are the why are these numbers happening what is wrong with the school system that this is being and that this is being permitted to happen within the system you know it's nice to look at the family it's nice to look at the kids but apparently from what i'm hearing there's a lot of problems within the scholastic system that need to be addressed well, there is, and I think it starts at the top. Okay, we talk about the home. We talk about the parents mm-hmm. being responsible for the kids. In the school system, it's got to be the administration is taking responsibility for what's going on in those, those schools. Right. For example, I, I worked for nine years in a junior high school uh, with an individual. We, we taught physical education together, and this individual had uh, girlfriends in and out of our locker room uh, during lunchtime. 
and I would and he would he would parade them out through the the, the the young boys. We're talking 12 to 14, 15 year olds waiting out there for uh, the class to begin. So he would parade this girl out through the group. Huh. And I went to the administration and I said, Hey, we got a problem down there. The answer was, here it is, Rob. You ready for this? Hold on, folks. Okay, I'm ready. I'm Here's, ready. Just, this is what they, he said. The administrator told me, this is our most honored and revered and winningest basketball coach in junior high school. What do you think it would look like for me to be on the witness stand accusing him of these things? Well, in my book, that would make him a professional. <laughs> Well, he didn't do it, and, and that was the answer. Uh, he had Playboy pinup uh, oh, pictures sense. on his bulletin board. I said, you know, th- got, these, are, these are little kids here. What are we doing having these up on the board? Let, let, so I told, told the administration. They came down. And they said, hey, that's really good taste. I like your oh, taste. Oh, for goodness sake. Listen, <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Uh, is too much emphasis put on sports in school? Um, it depends on the program and the school that you're involved in. Um, you know, some schools do put a high emphasis on sports. Others don't. Some put more emphasis on academics. It kind of depends on the environment and the, the socioeconomic area that you're living in. So I, that, that's, a, that's a tough question. I, I don't think you could say that's uh, across the board. But, you know, you brought the question up, so I'll just do, kind of throw do, it out there. Do you think what has happened at Penn State is going to have any any repercussions on the, uh, on the elementary and secondary school systems? Well, I, I think so, but here's the problem. I don't know if you saw in the news a couple of months ago about the bus driver, the bus monitor teacher back in uh, uh, New York. No. And, and she, well, she was harassed by a bunch of kids on the bus, and they had it on video. Kids put it on YouTube, went out to the Globe, and everybody got mad about it. And, and uh, what happened in that situation is the boys were put on suspension for a year from the school. Uh, these were not consistent problem kids. These are kids just being middle school goofy kids and doing something dumb, and nobody was holding them accountable. And so she, uh, they end up getting suspended for a year. They have to go to counseling, all this kind of a thing. And but see, the, the the administration would not have responded had this not gone global. Once it went global, now they were forced into the spotlight. They had to do something about it. I've seen situations like that where they just kind of blew it off. Sure, Rich, I hate to do this, but I've got to take my news break at the bottom sure. of the hour. Exonation, great conversation with Rich Korb. He's the author of Motivating Defiant and Disruptive Students to Learn, and his website. You ready for this? Because I want you to write this down, and I want you to go there and buy this book. www.pioneereducationconsulting.com Rich and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Exonation of Rich Korb is my special guest to this hour, www.pioneereducationconsulting.com. And he's known as Behavior Answer Man. First of all, Rich, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I, I think that your topic is very important. And, let, you know, I, I've, I've gone through the notes that you were kind enough to send me. And in your book, you talk about parents and surrogate parents. Now, I think we all know what parents are, but what do you mean by a surrogate parent? Yeah, surrogate parents, Rob, are you and me? <laughs> We are the you know, societal people that are around kids, but more specifically, we're talking about the coaches out there that work with little league mm-hmm. kids. We're talking about youth group leaders. We're talking about you know, daycare people. Um, we're talking about parents that are not the biological parent that you know, children are living with, perhaps. Uh, and so when we have boyfriend, girlfriend living there, those are the surrogate people as well. So you know, a lot of times young people don't respond real well to those individuals, but, you know, we have tools and we have, we have strategies we can use. And I have a three plus six equals one strategy that I'm willing to give to anybody who sends in uh, to my email address today. It's uh, that email address is K O R B R I at gmail.com. And basically it's, it's, being firm, fair, and having a purpose. And, and that's what the surrogate people have to learn to do is we have to be firm. We have to be authoritative with any youngster that we see maybe at the mall or on a bus that's acting up. We just need to, be go, to go up to them very firmly, not, not aggressively, but just not be afraid to go and talk to those young people because they want a leader. They're looking for a leader. Hmm. And so the surrogate, the surrogate parents I'm talking about are, are, are all of us. But we can't drop the ball. We have to step up and say, youngster, this is not the appropriate behavior. And I've done that even with uh, parents on a ferry uh, that were – the kid was out of control. I could see, oh, it just took a simple little – just you know, a, a, a talking to the kid. And I've gone over and said, Do you, can I talk to you, you know, for a second? Can I talk to you? I'm a child specialist, you know, a behavior specialist, and looks like you're having a little problem. And I don't mean to interrupt or be rude, you know, I – I think he just needs to be able to have somebody talk to him for a second. Would you mind? And they go, please, please talk to him. <laughs> you know, and we just go and sit in the parents' view because mm-hmm. you don't want them thinking that you're a predator. Sure. And you go, you go over to the side and you sit down with them and you just talk to him for a couple of seconds and say, hey, you know, you know, you're kind of making a real big scene here. And is that the kind of attitude you want people to think about you? You do want them to have this kind of an attitude about young people because you're kind of speaking for everybody in your age group. And they kind of start looking at you like, okay. And then you say, you know, I think a better way to have approached that would have been this. And I give them an idea and I say, try that and see if your parents don't respond a little bit differently instead of screaming and yelling. And lo and behold, they go back over and they sit down and they don't try the strategy because obviously they're probably maybe six, seven, eight, nine years old, something mm-hmm. like that. But what will happen is somebody took the time 
a, a, to another adult, a surrogate adult, took at the time to talk to them. And that's what I think we need to start doing. We need to stand up. Uh, if, if we're going to get back to square one where you know, kids are respecting adults, we need to earn that respect. Yes, and, uh, I, I agree with you that respect is not, should not be uh, regarded as something that one has to give. But respect has to be earned, whether or not it's your child or, or, or a neighbor. You've, you know, I, I've always believed that. You know. yeah. and, and I also believe that we have to get back to the core family values. We, you know, we don't sit together and have supper anymore and uh, talk about the day we've gone. You know, put the iPhones and the texting away for an hour and, and, and just get back to basics. And, and I really think that this is a major problem that we're facing today. And it seems that parents want to buy their, 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 their children and that's too many parents mm. – Look at their kids as their friends instead of their children. Yeah, yeah, you can't be the buddy. No. That's for sure. You, they don't. They don't. They have plenty of buddies. Sure. You know, and they can and they talk to their buddies in a certain sort of way. Mm-hmm. And you know, when school school's going to start here, it's already started for some different places. And you know, when we get back into that classroom, what's going to have to happen is they have to understand that we are the surrogate parent. We are the in locos parentis. We are in place of their father their mother while they're in the classroom they need to know that and in this schoolhouse these are the things that we do and you got to be up up front with them the way you talk to your your friends the way you talk to your your buddies in the hall or out in the playground or, or this last three months of summer you've been out there you know swearing drinking carrying on those things are out the door in here this is what needs to happen this is is what's going to happen now they're going to challenge that because a lot of these kids come from homes where they're not challenged and they're allowed to do what they want to do and they have to be told no this is not going to happen here Mm -hmm. there has to be firm consequences and so in that three plus six equals one formula the the final one the one everybody knows in math three plus six doesn't equal one you know it's nine but one is when do we discuss our personal concerns and if people are looking for some help in shutting down uh, misbehavior in a youngster, whether they see it you know, in the, out in the public or they see it in their own family or they see it in a classroom or wherever it is, the, the kid starts to spin out of control a little bit. That if they're taught that there is a place to discuss your concern, they're going to be okay because they know there's a place coming where they can discuss their concern. But it's not now. It doesn't happen. You're, you're interrupting mm-hmm. the, the lecture. You're interrupting uh, my driving. <laughs> you're interrupting whatever it is we're trying to do, having a meal at a, at a restaurant. This is not the time to discuss your personal concern. When is the personal concern? Where can you discuss that? And they should be able to come back with at home, you know, and say, right, at home. You know, that's where we discuss it. Um, if you're on a trip somewhere, say, you know, back at our hotel or wherever you're staying, they need to know that there's a safe place to discuss it. And, and that's why this formula is so important. And it's, it's, it's one page. It's the whole book in a nutshell. And if people want to buy the book after they've read that, then th- that would give them more information and to move them forward. So the, the, the second book I'm putting out right now is Drugs, Sex, and Incompetent Teachers. And that's where our problem lies is people not stepping up and doing the right thing. Um, 
societal issues will continue to spin out of control. The leading song by Alice Cooper, you know, one, one of the lines in that song says, my school has been blown to pieces. Mm-hmm. He's talking about blowing up his school. These are subliminal messages that are being placed into kids' heads that, well, Alice Cooper said it's okay. It was played on the radio. It must be okay. So we need to really, you know, I'm not picking on you, Rob. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying we got to be really cautious about everything that we do because mm-hmm. kids, you know, like it says in the book, in that chart, they pick up on that. And when they pick up on that, there's going to be a problem. Well, you know, so, like, let's, yeah. let's just not look at the radio. How many video games teach yeah. kids to be violent? You know, yeah. you, you know, you kill somebody, you get so, such and such a score. If you smash this, you get such and such a score. If you destroy this. So, you know, where does it stop? Look at the violence on television. Look at the violence in the movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so how, do you, how do you control this and how do you... Yeah. Well, here's here, here's what you do. Here, this is this is a good one, you know, for for parents and uh, you know school administrators, anybody out there who's listening. Uh, we had this happen in our school. It was a great example. We had a police officer come in, not in uniform. Mm-hmm. He came in just you know looking like a regular guy with khakis on a, a casual shirt, and they put on a video of gunshot wounds. And they told the kids, this is going to be graphic, it's going to be very difficult to, to watch, but you need to understand that what happens in the movies is not what really happens in the real world. This is my job. This mm-hmm. is what I do. Let me show you what really takes place. Because in the, in the videos, you get killed, you get back up, and you go again. Uh, in the movies, there, how many fights have we seen in the movies where guys have been literally pummeled and they're getting right back up and going again? I mean, the human body can't resist those kinds of that that treatment so when he showed this to the school uh yeah there were some parents that were upset well i think they were upset because first of all one it was graphic but number two um it was running in competition with their kids video games yes and they were having a hard time separating reality from 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 fiction Mm -hmm. and uh when you know the space shuttle the challenger blew up i was teaching them uh eighth grade math class and the kid comes running in they go the challenger blew up the challenger blew up you know i'm like really because they were watching it um you know through circuit tv in their in their science classroom and i said wow that's that's horrible they go no it's really cool oh for god's sake i said i said wait a second there were seven people that died yeah how can that be cool and they go well it looked cool I said, it's not fireworks. There were people on that, and now they're dead. And see, that's the problem. We're separating mm-hmm. reality from fiction, and it's just uh, we need to – kids need to understand that there is, there is a reality here, and it really isn't a game. It's real. Uh, people's emotions are at stake, um, and so yeah, yeah there Unreal. needs to be a, always stepping up. Tell me, Rich, uh, are, is the – is the, I, I, I don't know how to quite phrase this, but is the push still on within the educational system to get kids to go on Ritalin? Well, it used to be, but then they found out the kids were bringing Ritalin to school and selling it. Well, to of their course, yeah, you know, it's, it was the same <laughs> pharmacological um, family as, as Speed. Yeah, yeah, and you know the, what I've said, you know, in in my write up <laughs> about all this is that there has to be you know, an addressing of the moral values. And I have had students in my classes over the years that uh, they were on Ritalin, different drugs like that. Uh And I told them, I said, you know, I think this comes down more to a a choice. 
you're choosing this behavior. Yeah. Now, there's going to be people out there going to take objection to that, but if you'll stop and, and challenge the student on their behavior, you're going to find out more times than not that they're going to respond appropriately, and it's not because they're being medicated, they're being challenged on the moral side of what is right, what is wrong, what's acceptable. Um, there are moral absolutes. You put that stuff into your body, something's going to happen. You, you know, and so if you work with the mind and teach the young person how to respond differently, I've had many students that have, have turned things around in my classroom where they didn't turn it around in another classroom because the other classroom wasn't calling them and uh, out on it and calling their bluff and saying you can't behave that way in here, where in, in my classes they're acting fine. But we know so, that we know that as parents that mom and dad have to be on the same wavelength when it comes to mm-hmm. discipline. If mom and dad are not, there there's going to be problems. So yeah, hasn't this been transferred over into the school where there should be a a unified way of handling things? And if there wasn't, or if there isn't, how come? I think because what happens is, what my experience has been over 34 years, is as an assistant principal, we had a chart. And we put this chart together so all the students saw what was going to happen mm. on certain offenses. Cause and effect. And, say? Cause and effect. There, there you go, exactly. And, and so uh, that way the student knew, okay, if, if, I, if I do this, mm-hmm. this is going to happen. And when they came to the office, that's what happened. Right. Even, if, even if we thought, ah, it wasn't really that way. It was, you know, but then we, didn't have a, we had no out. We yeah. said, look, that's what it says. That's what we're going to do. You want to challenge it, you know, take it to the district level. Fine, you can do that. We respect that. But you did do this, and this is the cause, and this is the effect of what's going to happen. So I think that until we do that, uh, we're, we're, we're going to have uh, a chaotic uh, moral base right. of you know, whatever works for you is fine. And the school I'm in right now, uh, I was on the discipline committee, and I, I said we should put a chart together like this. We did it for a year, and then another administrator came in, and they wiped it out. I said, why did you get rid of the chart? This is it's too restrictive. We don't have enough leniency to make decisions on our own. I said, well, then it's going to be hodgepodge. It's oh going to be gosh. people. They're not going. They, they won't know what to do. And you can ask the kids and the parents. Mm-hmm. They said it's inconsistent. My kid got kicked out for three days. This kid just got a lunch detention. That's not fair. I, yeah. Well, I had a kid chewing tobacco in my class, and he got a lunch attention. <laughs> chewing tobacco? How old? Yeah. Oh, he's 16, 17 oh, years old. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. He was supposed to be suspended. He, he didn't get suspended. He just got a lunch attention. Tell me, is the drug problem on the increase in schools? Um, it depends, again, on the socioeconomic mm. area that you're in, because uh, it's driven by money. So. Right. Uh, if you're if you're in a drug cultured area, you're going to have some problems because they're going to filter it into the system. Uh, I don't, you know, really believe that it is. I, I've seen lots of different things going on. The the nature of the drugs has changed some. Mm-hmm. I think marijuana has always been a standard, so yeah. that's kind of a gateway. But uh, as far as some of the other hardcore drugs, I'm not seeing from my perspective. And again, you're just talking to one person sitting out here, and I don't track the numbers at the, the federal level or anything like that. But I, I do know that as we're seeing a separation from home, kids are looking for something else. And they're going to pick a substance or another group of friends, something like that. And, uh, you know, we address that in the book as well. So, uh, 
yeah, that's that's my take on that, Rob. I'm not, you know. I hear you. All right, stand by, Rich. You and I have to take our final break. Exxon Nation, Rich Korb is our special guest. His website is www.pioneereducationconsulting.com. And Rich and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. And welcome back, everyone. Rich Corb is our special guest, and uh, Rich's website is www.pioneereducationconsulting.com. And we've been talking about motivating defiant and disrupted students to learn. Um... How how do you deal with the bullying situation in school? Um, when I was in school, the bully was well, you know, he he was a rarity. But now I understand there's even electronic bullying. And how do you cope with that as an educator? You you have to address it head on as soon as you see it starting to surface and. Uh, once you've worked with young people long enough, whether you know you're you're raising a young family, mm-hmm. uh, you see siblings starting to pick on one another, that has to be addressed and it has to be nipped in the bud, so to speak. And you can't let it just continue to go on because it will fester. It becomes like a weed, and then it spreads out into other kids, and pretty soon you got a big time problem. So, um, as far as cyberbullying, it's you address it all the same. As soon as you see it surface. You've got to do the things I'm talking about here in the desired mm-hmm. behavior changing formula. And again, people can ask for it. Uh, but the three things are you have to be firm. You ha- they have to know that you're the authority figure. It's wrong. They're looking for leadership. They're wanting somebody to set a moral standard. The problem with the U.S. today is we don't have a moral standard. Mm-hmm. Everything is, is shifting. It's not, it's, it's not a set standard anymore. The Supreme Court you know, makes decisions. You yeah. think – how in the world did that ever happen? These are the, the highest uh, court in the land, and they, they allowed that to happen. It was a violation of the Constitution. Exactly. I, 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 think <laughs> that, I think that there's too much political correctedness going yeah. on in the world today. You know, you, uh, when, I found, when I found out that the Bible and, and uh, Bible class was getting tossed out of the school and, you know, saying a morning prayer was now not permitted, I, I was floored. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to encourage all the parents and the teachers that are out there that the Supreme Court made a decision that you couldn't promote a certain religion, yeah. and I wouldn't, I would not ever advocate, you know, violation of the First Amendment rights. But you do present your values in the classroom and in your home to your kids, whether they're going to accept it or not is another issue. But you can still present those in the classroom and teach through your subject matter, through your home lessons and things like that. You can still present your faith and your belief system to your kids, and uh, that can go on in the classroom, believe it or not. You just can't say, this is the way. You needed to say, this is a way. You know, it's funny because you've got the freedom of speech, 
and yet there are certain things that freedom does not apply to. Well, yeah. I mean, especially in a captive audience situation exactly. where you're talking about a school, yep. you know, in a classroom. And I, I could appreciate that. I wouldn't want my child sitting there listening to somebody, you know, propose some concept that I didn't believe in and telling my kid that they but had yet, to. But I, yet it was those concepts that these free nations are based on. Yeah. You know, so in, in my books, if you want to bring the Bible back to school, you should have every damn right to do so. If you want to talk about God, if you want to talk about Jesus, if you want to talk about whatever, it's your God-given right. And I think too much, too much, way too much latitude has been given to political correctedness than ever should have been done in the first place. And with that, you and I have to say so long. Rich, thanks very much for joining us. A great pleasure talking to you. And I, I wish you much success, sir. Thank you so much. Good bye bye, now, Rich. Exo Nation. Uh, my guest this hour has been Rich Korb. www.pioneereducationconsulting.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the hour. As the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. <laughs> 